Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. We have been expecting you. <laughs> the Chaotic Sports Podcast is underway. Take cover. You've been warned. Let's get chaotic, y'all. Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another installment of the Chaotic Sports Podcast. I'm your content host and creator, Patrick Brown. And we've got a lot to get into on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. A little bit out of the ordinary for me to record a show on a Sunday, but <clears throat> due to my, my work schedule and, and conflict and uh, being mentally and physically exhausted upon last night, I wasn't able to record for you all, but the show must go on after a night of, of a well-rested sleep. So without further ado, let's go ahead and run down our the topics for today. California Love out in Inglewood last Sunday. The Dallas Cowboys get a much-needed win, a big road win against the defending Super Bowl champ L.A. Rams. Buffalo serves Pittsburgh with enough wing sauce to last for an entire year in blowout fashion. A little bit on that game later on. And we've got Baltimore that barely snuck past Cincinnati last Sunday night. A little bit of a sluggish game, but if you know that division in the AFC North, it's uh it's it's pretty brutal for the most part. Kansas City Cash Apps, Las Vegas on Monday night football and what was a very bizarre ending for the most part. I'll tell you why the, the Raiders could have won in the regulation, but I think we all know where Josh McDaniels messed up at. And who is Swack? What's what's the deal with Eddie Robinson Jr. having a little bit of a disagreement with Coach Primetime Deion Sanders after Jackson State blows Alabama State out on their homecoming? I'm going to give you some insight on that and how I feel about the whole situation. And, of course, my favorite segments of the whole show, Enough from the Clown. And we all know who that is. That's the second week in a row recipient. And of course, you know, the pick six, uh, week six picks are on deck as well. Let's go ahead and get the show started, y'all. Let's go ahead and lead off with the Dallas Cowboys getting a much needed win in L.A. last weekend. For starters, 
I called it on my show last week that it was going to be the Rams offensive line versus the Cowboys defensive front. Now, Cooper Cup did his thing. He only had that one big play where Trayvon gave up the touchdown. But other than that, that's all the highlights the Rams had all day. They only scored 10 points. We put up 22. Our defense from the get-go was ready to play. I kid you not. If you saw the Rams opening series, Dorms uh, Armstrong forced the, uh, the sack and DeMarcus Lawrence scooped it up and ran it back for a touchdown. That's how you start a game off, ladies and gentlemen. I was pretty impressed with that. As the game went along, just felt like, you know, the run game was going to get going, and which it did. Tony Pollard broke loose for, took it to the house, and we never relinquished the lead after that. The Rams, ladies and gentlemen, their Super Bowl hangover is real. It just feels like what they did last year was decent and it was pretty good, but this makes two losses in a row for the Rams after getting humiliated by the, their division rival San Francisco on Monday Night Football and they get humiliated again by the Cowboys the following Sunday in their house. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, despite Micah Parsons getting hurt, I think it was during the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken, he hurt his growing, but he was able to deliver the final blow to this Rams offense with the sack I'm telling you what 11 from heaven is a special player we all know that Micah Parsons is the face of this defense it is the strength of our defense Cooper Rush has done everything he's asked to do in Dak's absence he's played fairly well even though he threw for 102 yards last week it wasn't blow off the door numbers for you and the defense was just able to do what they needed to do to keep this game out of, you know, the Rams' reach. But when the Rams, I think it was the missed field goal during the third quarter, I believe, I said to myself, those three points is going to hurt them further in the game if they score a touchdown and it comes down to a single possession game. But luckily for Dallas, we didn't relinquish that lead. Kept running the football with Ezekiel Elliott. Tony Pollard, Michael Gallup. I'm starting to wonder if this dude somehow took ballet during his uh, high school or sometime during his childhood because some of these catches he makes on the sidelines is like, wow, how are you able to keep your toes in bounds and make a catch at the same time? I'm, some of the catches he makes, I mean, it just, it's, it's like, wow. I mean, this dude really is a really good player and I'm just glad to have him back out on the field. CeeDee Lamb's just, CeeDee Lamb's still got a case of the drops. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but CD, whenever the ball's thrown in his direction, as I said it before, he sees yards after catch before the ball touches his gloves. It can be a perfectly thrown ball, and he'll think yak before the, the ball even gets there. I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to ask myself this every week, and I have to, and I have to keep asking myself, like, this is... Like, dude, these are like timely possessions and catches that you just that you just blow. But this offensive line, shout out to them because man, Tyler Smith did a heck of a job holding up against Aaron Donald. 
that that took a lot of gut to hold him up one of the uh, the premier defensive players in football and some would say arguably the greatest defensive player in this air in this decade nevertheless this Dallas offense line held up we was able to run the football get the pass going a little bit but once you lean heavy on that run game and you got thunder and lightning in a, in a bottle with Zeke and Tony Pollard that's the formula for success and opposing teams are not putting respect on Cooper Rush and it's allowing the run game to, to go wild because defense is like, well, if you're going to beat us, we're going to try to take your quarterback. Well, it's been the polar opposite. It's been the run game that's been carrying this team. The defense playing top five. Trayvon Diggs is uh, took it up another level. Dorm Strong is having a better year than I had expected. He even had a block punt. Was playing like the game of his life last week. Was was just beautiful. Shoutouts to Dorrance Strongarm because he was on one. Dorrance Armstrong, aka Dorrance Armstrong, I should say. But man, I seen where you kind of wonder, you know, we, you know, with Randy Gregory going to Denver, how that side of the uh, the line was defensive line was going to pan out. Dorrance Armstrong's done a fairly good job. And looking at him and Randy Gregory's numbers, it's like, man, maybe signing, uh, re-signing Dorrance Armstrong was going to pay dividends, and I, I believe it will. But Dan Quinn, ladies and gentlemen, is has really done a done a heck of a job since he's been there in the last year and a half, and you can see that this defense is is bought into what what he wants to do. Uh, head coach Mike McCarthy has said. That the strength of this team is the defense, and we're going to lean on it. And then, as long as Cooper Rush can keep winning ball games and playing fairly well, and not putting himself in harm's way or turning the ball over, I'm good with that. But as the season goes along, we're going to have to put points on the board one way or another as we go into this stretch of, you know, after we come off the bye, we got Green Bay and Minnesota. We're going to have to score some points. So, uh. I do believe Cooper Rush is playing tonight. Dak likely comes back next week. I would keep him out after the bye, if, if truth be told. Because after uh, tonight's game with Philadelphia, got the Rams and Bears in back-to-back home games before the bye week, before we head up to Green Bay and take on the, the Packers, and then the following week at Minnesota. So if if this if this Rush Rush train keeps rolling and we're winning, I would bring Dak back. You know, in time for that Packers game, if truth be told, that's just me. I would hold him out another two weeks, and then with the bye coming up, that at least buys us enough time to let Dak make sure that that thumb is fully healed and he's ready to go. Because my biggest thing is him getting out there, and then we start. He starts experiencing, you know, some discomfort and some swelling, and then here we are, you know, back to square one. He's going to miss a few more weeks, but if I'm Mike McCarthy. I would sit Dak out after the bye week. Make sure that thumb is ready to go because I think it would be almost eight, eight or nine weeks by the time, you know, we go to that bye week. So he's right on schedule. But Jerry Jones is no doctor, but he has the last say. Uh, we all know that Jerry wants Dak out there, but the fans in general, we got a nice streak going. Let's just make sure Dak's fully healthy and ready to go in time for the playoff push. That that would be what I would do, but I don't work in a front office. I'm I'm just the fan on the outside looking in, and that's just 
how I see it and how I view it. Because if Cooper Rush is winning ball games, you know, you, you buy Dak more time. But, you know, Jerry, well, we need him for these, these last two games kind of getting, you know, ramped up in time for this playoff push. Who's to say he doesn't, you know, get banged up against, you know, the Lions or the, rain, or the, uh, the Bears in one of those two games? Then you're going to the bye week with more questions and answers when you got to, you know, go through another tough stretch of the schedule because it's it's not pretty in November, but I'd rather have a healthy Dak versus a Dak that's 75, 80, 85%, and then there's still that 50% chance that something could go wrong, but we're going to see. I, I would rather keep Rush under center, but I know as as we get into the, the month of October and November into December, we're going to have to put some points on the board, and that's when we're going to need Dak Prescott to be at full strength, and this team is going to rally behind him, and we're going to keep the train going regardless. Moving on, moving on to what was a a hot wing fest last week in Buffalo between the Steelers and the Bills. The very first play, Josh Allen throws a 98-yard touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. That's how you start the game off. I kept saying, like, man, they're back deep into their own end zone. And Josh Allen just slings it down. Feels like, who's down there? I was like, ain't nobody in the middle of the field. And I think it was against Minka Fitzpatrick, the safety. And that's all she wrote because it was a foot race. And I was like, good night almighty. I was like, well, Pittsburgh, you're you're in trouble. Because that's how the game starts. And you had them backed into their own, their own end zone. You could at least got a safety and kind of put yourself in position to kind of stay afloat just for a little bit. But man. It just it, it didn't stop from there because it just felt like every time Josh Allen was throwing the football, it was going into the end zone. Despite the two interceptions, Josh Allen put together a full game in one half. I don't think I've seen that before in a while from a quarterback to do it to an opponent. But Josh Allen, ladies and gentlemen, is special. I don't know how many more times I can say it. The dude is an absolute monster and I love watching him play. One of the top two young quarterbacks in the league right now. And for me, the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, could this actually be the year Mike Tomlin has a losing season? And the tenure he's been there, he hasn't had a losing season. But they're without their defensive stud in TJ Watt, who's still recovering from a, a pectoral injury. And he had a, a, a knee scope or something, so he's still working his way through that. Kenny Pickett, I was like, man, he didn't look good at all. I, I know everybody was high on him, but th- this is this is not looking good for Pittsburgh right now. I, I thought they would be able to stay afloat, but it, this is starting to show that they're, they're, this team is about to uh, crumble right before our very eyes this year, Then, which could be uh, Coach Mike Tomlin's uh, first losing season. I hope it doesn't come to that and they can somehow right the ship, but... As of right now, it's not looking too good. But the Buffalo Bills are still right there on the heels of the Kansas City Chiefs, which they will be matched up with today. And I'm really looking forward to that game because we all know last year that divisional playoff game went down to the wire with 13 seconds left on on the game clock. So Buffalo just... They gave, they sent Pittsburgh home with a year supply of hot sauce because that's what it just felt like was flying all over the field. Every time I looked up, 
Josh Allen was throwing a touchdown. The James Cook, who's uh, Dalvin Cook's brother, he scored a touchdown last week, if I'm not mistaken. The Buffalo defense got was got back to winning ways, but Pittsburgh, I don't know, man. I I don't know about y'all. I really don't. But once you get T.J. Watt back, that kind of helped cover up some of the wounds for the time being. The Baltimore Ravens survived the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday Night Football last week. I had picked the Bengals to win that game. I felt like the Bengals defense was just slightly better than Baltimore's. It was going to be a quarterback duel, but man, it just... That AOC North, y'all, is... If you watch combat sports, you might as well say it's a UFC division, if truth be told. Every team in that division beats each other up. I can't make this up. If you watch a AOC North divisional matchup, don't expect a whole lot of scoring because it's it's entertaining, but it's like, man, can somebody, you know, at least get two or three touchdowns in one game? But I I had Cincinnati because I thought Joe Burrow would, would outduel Lamar Jackson and some mistakes would be made along the way on either side, but the, the Ravens took the, the game, game-winning game field goal and beat Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they won by, it was like 17-16. It was a very low score in ball game. And I tell you what, the Ravens, they need to go get Lamar Jackson a number one receiver. Seriously. He needs a true number one receiver in order to help this team out. This defense is barely holding up. And... Lamar can only do so much on offense. They got Mark Andrews. They got Devin Duvernay. But if you get him a number one receiver, go get him a running back. You know, Cam Akers is going to be available as of today. But we don't know that for sure. But it's been reported that Cam Akers may have played his last game as the L.A. Ram. He's out today due to personal reasons. I don't know what's going on with that situation, but... Baltimore really needs to make some moves to keep this team afloat in the AFC in order to somehow get to the AFC Championship game. A number one receiver and go get a running back. You've got a decent offensive line, but if you can put points on the board outside of Lamar Jackson and your defense can do enough to right the ship, this team can win the AFC North right now. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're atop of the AFC North despite it being, you know, Pittsburgh sitting in last place and Cleveland in third and Cincinnati's in second, if I'm not mistaken. But the Baltimore Ravens, to me, need to be real aggressive at the trade deadline coming up in the next couple of weeks. So that's something to keep an eye on. Cam Makers, I would make a swing of trade for him and then possibly get DJ Moore out of Carolina because it's about to be a fire sale now that Matt Rule's been fired. Baker Mayfield experiment is kind of run its course. So those are some things to keep an eye on for Baltimore to kind of, you know, swing some trades in order to put this team in the driver's seat in the AOC North and, you know, run away with it. But with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's just how I feel about it. And if I were the Ravens front office, I would really, really be aggressive and see what you could get to help your 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 franchise quarterback if you trying to pay him in excess of three hundred million dollars next offseason. You you really have to be aggressive and give up some of your, your draft equity to go help this team out. And it starts in two weeks to see what they do in the course of the you know the trade deadline that's coming up. The Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders. What an ugly finish. What an ugly finish. Travis Kelsey, ladies and gentlemen, is the best tight end in football. I can't make this up. I'm not going to dodge it. The dude is literally on another level. Patrick Magic Mahomes is one of those quarterbacks I love to watch. And just seeing how it just seemed like Travis Kelsey was in the end zone four times. Four times. You would think that the Raiders defense would adjust and try to help have somebody come help cover Kelsey. The dude is uh, practically untackable to be, uh, excuse me, not able to be taken down in space. It takes about three guys to take him down. But if he's in the red zone, you got to know where number 87 is because that's where the ball's likely going. How many, I could see that before it even happens. Like, you got to know where Travis Kelsey is. Jesus, it's like, good night, Raiders. You're just beating yourself. You jumped out 17 to three. And what do we know about Kansas City? They're used to coming back. They're playing. They're used to playing, being down double digits. It's nothing new for them. It's 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 beautiful football, because a, t- a three score game turns into a one score lead for them on the other side. And once they start get the ball rolling, it, it's like they they can score in bunches. They were they would be considered the Golden State Warriors of the NFL because they can score in bunches. And I I say that wholeheartedly. That the Kansas City Chiefs and the Golden State Warriors mirror one another as far as how they play offensively. You got Mahomes out there doing his thing. They can run the football a little bit. The ball still goes into the the playmakers' hands. And McCall Hardman, uh, Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, Eric Bieniemy is a good offensive coordinator, and Andy Reid is the best play caller we have right now in football outside of. Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. The defense is a little spotty, but they can still get after the quarterback. These rough in the passing calls, I tell you what, it ever since Tua got hurt, it's been an overreaction to refs protecting the quarterback even more. That was just another bad call. If you call that rough in the passers like that, that I don't know. What is rough in the passer? It's almost like the defensive players can't even rush the quarterback without getting flagged. We saw that last week as well with, you know, Grady Jarrett with a textbook sack and then the overreaction for Tom Brady. The shoulder hit the hit the turf, but it wasn't the head. And then Brady kicked Jarrett and was fine this week. But it's like, man, what are defensive players supposed to do? They get paid to rush the quarterback. They get paid to take down the quarterback. It's just been an overreaction to what happened to Tua. And that's what it boils down to. Anyhow, back to the to the Vegas Raiders. Whenever they scored that touchdown, 
they should have taken the extra point. You know why? Because once they got the Chiefs off the field on third down, they would have had an opportunity to have a walk-off field goal. Taking that two-point conversion would come back to bite them because they still lost about one point. And then on the final play, that their final possession as time expired, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro ran into one another. The timing between the two receivers was off. And the ball was going to the middle of the field because there was nobody in front of neither one. Neither player had nothing in front of them. There was no safety, no corner, no nothing. That's a walk-off win right there. The Vegas Raiders beat themselves. And then on top of that, Devontae Adams pushed the NFL cameraman. And now uh, he's fa- he, the, the cameraman faced, you know, he pressed charges against Devontae and whatnot for assault. And even though Devontae Adams, you know, reached out and said, you know, he's sorry. His emotions got the best of him. I'm on Devontae Adams' side on this situation. I don't condone what he done. But the simple fact of the matter is, cameramen are not allowed to be near the tunnel or walk in front of the tunnel as players are come entering or exiting the field. If there was one video that I seen, the cameraman saw Devontae Adams coming and he walked in front of him and then Devontae shoved him now I don't could like I said I don't condone what Devontae did it wasn't no ill will it wasn't intentional in that particular moment the Ray he had just lost the game and he was frustrated and then during the you know his post-game presser with the media after the game at the locker room and whatnot he apologized to the camera individual the NFL credential cameraman for how for what he done and you know hopefully you know, nothing comes of this, but this makes two weeks in a row where either a fan runs onto a field or NFL credentials are on the or near the tunnels. But this, the in the heat of the moment, players, you know, they lose their cool, and sometimes they're not thinking. You know, they're trying to get off the field, avoid being a, you know, the fan, the fans booing them, especially if you're in a divisional matchup like that and whatnot. I believe that, you know, it'll be settled because there's there's no point of, you know, pursuing this into legal action. And it's it's just wrong place, wrong time, and, you know, assault to injury. The fan, on the other hand, last week that ran onto the field during the Niners and Rams game, he's a dummy too. Please, fans, don't do anything stupid to put yourself in harm's way. It's, you just... It just becomes of nothing, if your truth be told. It's really nothing. You what? What point do you prove you're running onto a field? And if I were a cameraman for the NFL, I would try to find a safe spot out of harm's way. That's just me, because you know, at any particular moment, you're going to you know get knocked over during the course of a game, or you're going to be in harm's way when the players enter and exit the field. They've got to change some of those rules, but hopefully. It's a lesson learned. No ill will was done. No harm intended. And we can move on from this this nonsense of, I don't know, it just feels like it's just shenanigans every week. If it ain't players getting concussions and, and all this, we've got fans and NFL personnel finding themselves in harm's way. Moving on. Moving on. Another 
Ladies and gentlemen, I, I have something I want to say. If you are an opposing coach and you schedule a particular team to come to your to your stadium for homecoming week in order to put fans in the stands and show your alumni, you know, the progress you've made and and everything with your program. Don't get mad if you lose. Eddie Robinson Jr. had the audacity to half-heartedly, or should I say, he didn't hug Coach Primetime Deion Sanders from Jackson State last week after, you know, Jackson State went into Alabama State and rained on their homecoming and whatnot. Let's go ahead and wind this whole situation back leading up to that the the midfield exchange prior to the game coach prime was come doing his usual walk around the stadium with you know with the sheriff and you know security and whatnot he was coming out of the tunnel and the fans were booing him which you know is it's typical for you know fans to boo coaches opposing players but for the student body to say vile language towards uh, Coach Prime, and then players from Alabama State was, you know, cussing at Coach Prime, and he was just ignoring it like, okay, I I hear it, but I don't hear it because at the end of the day, I'm here to take care of business and get a win and go back home. Y'all scheduled us. We didn't schedule you. So, through the course of the, you know, pregame interaction and all that, Alabama State players were very disrespectful to Coach Prime. It's like, do y'all not know who he is? That's a Hall of Fame player. One of the best corners in history of NFL to play the game. He lived up to the moniker Primetime. And I've heard all the last few days that Prime's always been about Prime. It's not about anybody else. It's not about Prime. It's not about anyone but Prime. I got news for you, SWAC, Southwestern Athletic Conference. If it wasn't for primetime, Coach Primetime Deion Sanders, you all would not be on TV. Think about that for a second. Since he's been there, the SWAC has had games televised on ESPN. Not the typical primetime slots that ESPN and all the networks have, but you've gotten some airtime. That's money that's going to the conference to help the programs. The SWAC has been a conference of non-existence for the last several years. The SWAC doesn't doesn't have the, the galore as a Power 5 conference. The legendary all-time great head coach, Eddie Robinson Sr., who was the coach at Grambling State, was the trailblazer far as head coaches in the conference. Eddie Robinson Sr. was a genius. I believe he coached at Grambling State for well over 40 years before he passed away. If I'm not, I don't know, I think he's passed away now, but the fact of the matter is, Eddie Robinson Jr. took offense during his press conference by said that he's that Jackson State, you know, he did, he had all the time in the world before the game to come and talk to me and didn't even come by and acknowledge me prior to the game. I'm thinking, does he have to acknowledge you? He's getting his guys ready for a game. Are your guys ready to play? 
but don't be mad at Coach Prime in Jackson State for, you know, raining on your homecoming and all that. You're the ones who scheduled him. He didn't schedule y'all. So throughout the whole course of the week, he said, oh, Coach Prime, he's not swack. I'm swack. So it became a viral video all week and it became a t-shirt. Who is swack? And I think that's been answered that Coach Prime is building something in that conference. Not only that, he's building a winning program in Jackson State. This may be the time for Jackson State to move to a Power 5. We don't know that yet. But at the same time, Jackson State is going to go places, ladies and gentlemen. I've bought into Jackson State. I believe that they can compete with any school in the nation right now because everybody's not going to respect them so that's a chip on their shoulders he's got his son as the quarterback and the other son is a as a corner uh his daughter play is enrolled at jackson state for the the women's basketball team if it wasn't for coach primetime Deion sanders the swack would still be trying to get back to the, the to the glory that they once had. And also, it's the NFL scouts are coming back to watch the conference as well. Some of the, the, the draft prospects, they can thank Coach Prime for that. Because in the last few years, NFL scouts don't really go to the SWAC schools and watch pro days. They go out to the Power 5 schools and some schools in between but rarely any of them have been to the SWAC. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the week, GM John Lynch from the 49ers was out there to watch some of the draft prospects out of Jackson State. So you can't say that it's all about prime, ladies and gentlemen. He's given this conference a boost, a war boost that he wants to see this conference succeed. And when the disrespect of other coaches and players come into the mix, I have a problem with that. I really do. Because he's using his resources in order to help these young men. It's bigger than football. It's bigger than football, ladies and gentlemen. He wants these young men to succeed in life post-football. Because when it's all said and done and the fans are not cheering their names, they have something to fall back on. What they learned at Jackson State and learn from a former player who's a Hall of Fame or two-time Super Bowl champion Hall of Fame corner, they're going to have that on their resume for job interviews if they decide to be coaches themselves. What Coach Prime is doing is special. I applaud him, and he's earned my respect more being my favorite NFL player of all time. I know he played for the Falcons, and he played for the Niners and the Cowboys. But Coach Prime has lived up to the moniker. And he is doing something that's bigger than football at Jackson State. What he is building is success. Pre-football, post-football. And how the, these young men respond to him. How they go out, they play. His coaching staff is diverse. He's giving coaches an opportunity to build their resume so they too could get colleges, uh, get interviews and opportunities at other colleges. He's doing that. And there's going to be some some rumors that are probably swirl that the likes of Arizona State and 
Georgia Tech may try to pry him away from Jackson State, but I, I don't think he'd do that because of what he's already built. But who knows? In, in college football, if there's an opportunity that presents, him, presents itself, he'll, he'll listen to the offer. But here's another catch to that, though. If it's a Nike school, you, you, he's not going to take that offer because of his his his, his ordeal with Nike that he had way back when. And that's kind of a, a touchy situation even to this very day. He would want Under Armour to be the, the athletic supro- supplier. So if you're an Adidas school or a Nike school, that's going to be the first quarter of business is trying to get out of, that, out of your lucrative deal. But I, I would stay with Nike and whatnot but he's an Under Armour guy and you know some of the stuff that he's done I mean they got out Jackson State was able to get out of the the Nike deal that they had that expired and I think the entire school now is Under Armour but nevertheless Coach Primetime Sanders is bringing swagger back to the swag as a whole and I'm here for it moving on to my favorite segment of the week and we all know who this recipient is Antonio Brown clearly doesn't get it this week I thought that you know last week was the lowest of lows with the viral veto him over in Dubai at the pool showing his naked behind and his deal with Tom Brady but you know typical AB fashion he can't seemingly get out of anybody's way, not even his own way. He has to stay in the news, but I'm going to let the legendary actor Michael J. White introduce Enough from the Clown. Here we go. Enough from the Clown. Enough from the Clown. Yes, Enough from the Clown. A.B. is the recipient for the award again. Bravo. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Antonio Brown doesn't get it. He never has. He never will. In this week's edition, he had the nerve to troll Tom Brady once again. In the midst of his relationship marriage status with his wife Giselle, Antonio Brown had the nerve to make a meme. Off of a children's book. The book was titled. Daddy don't live here no more. A child's guide. To surviving your parents divorce. Well. The book showed a woman. And her kids. On the front porch. And Tom Brady. Was leaving the house. And if you look in the background. And through the window. A.B. photoshopped himself. Into this. To this meme. Ladies and gentlemen. AB is the worst teammate ever. In history of sports. 
I beg you to tell me somebody different. Antonio Brown is a horrible teammate. That did it for me because all the stuff that this dude has put the league through, and it seems like every year he's got lawsuits. It's for the last three, the last five years, it feels like he's had lawsuits. He's been in the news for something that's not pertaining to football. And on top of that, he sold a fake watch to someone for well over $160,000. He's facing a lawsuit from that. And also, on top of the lawsuit, he's facing another one for scamming a rap promoter out of money using Lil Wayne's name. That's not going to end very well. Antonio Brown, stay away from the NFL. Stay away from the league. And anybody in his inner circle, you should cut ties with Antonio Brown. I recommend you do. Because this idiot, this clown, is nothing but a head case. He really needs help, along with his best friend, Kanye West. Which we all know, Kanye has been in the news the last several months and through the last several weeks with his interviews and his anti-Semitic comments and then he was just on a, a podcast with uh, the uh, Drinks Champ or Champ's Drink podcast, with however it's, whatever it's titled, and he had time to go get his beard cut and get a haircut and he was at uh, Candace Owens' premiere of her new documentary about the Black Lives ordeal and looking like a spaceman with them boots on. It's just like what is going on with Kanye? Kim Kardashian warned us a few years ago that Kanye West's mental health wasn't in a safe space. Antonio Brown is not in a safe space mentally. It's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. Antonio Brown has self-destructed along with Kanye West. Like I said last week, those two individuals are geniuses made in hell. No pun intended. They found one another for a reason. I just hope for the sake of argument that we don't feed into this negative energy. And as long as you keep giving them a platform to do their shenanigans, we're going to click on it. I'm to a point as a human being and as a black man and every time I see this stuff, I just keep on scrolling. I don't even take time to read it. I don't even take time to watch the video clips or nothing. I'm done with both of them, period. They both have really done a, a complete 360, but maybe this is who they really are as black men. And when you try to correct them and other people around them that speak the truth, they get told to leave them alone. They're geniuses, you know, let them be who they are. That's the problem. They are detrimental to our community. They're detrimental to the inner sports and entertainment. They're self-destructing, and then they want to play victim. AB will play victim because, oh, I'm out here living my life. I ain't bothering anybody. Dude, you need to really go somewhere and chill out. Seriously, if I were in his inner circle, I would just leave. I ain't got time for all that. I can't be affiliated or associated with someone that's doing all this stuff and thinking he's going to get by with it. Is he's not. There's a reason why teams have not signed him. And that's a good thing. Do yourself, NFL. Keep him away. 
because just as soon as he were to come back to football, some team out there is going to be desperate to sign Antonio Brown. Don't do it. Save yourself the mayhem. You don't want that in your locker room. You don't need that in your organization. Do yourself a favor. Antonio Brown, don't bother stepping on the football field. Leave Tom Brady alone. He's got enough to deal with on and off the field, even though you're the least of his concerns, but I'm surely someone in Tom Brady's inner circle has, you know, let him let him be aware of what's going on in the midst of his personal life and what's going on on the field. He doesn't have time for A.B. shenanigans, and I'm, and I'm glad that he hasn't addressed it because Antonio Brown is the king of clapbacks, and he was the king of internet trolling. But still, Antonio Brown is a, a complete disgrace to the NFL and all the fan bases. I'm going to take a drink for a second so I can catch my breath. Hang on. Alrighty. Now I got that out the way. I'm ready for some picks. I am ready for picks of the week. Uh, this is another favorite part of the show that I like to do. Let's see here. Go ahead and get our cop. Let's go ahead and get our music. Music going here. I hope everybody's having a good day. It's a beautiful Sunday. Went for a little walk myself to kind of clear my mind. Let's go ahead and get our picks of the week started. Alrighty. Picks of the week. Week six. Let's get this show started. First game on deck. I picked the Chicago Bears to beat the Washington Commanders Thursday night. And what was another display of bad football on Amazon Prime. I tweeted out in the midst, in the middle of the game on my lunch break that Amazon owes the fans some discounts or perks or something for these for these games. Well, I got a response from customer service. That wasn't the answer I was looking for, but I greatly appreciate them for, you know, reaching out. Ladies and gentlemen, I think they should do away with Thursday Night Football. The product that they put on Thursday nights is bad. We've had better games on Sunday Night and Monday Night Football versus Amazon. And that's no joke. You can go back and check out the the schedule from week one all the way up to now. We've only had one good Thursday Night Football game. And that was the Chiefs and the Chargers. In which that was the game Justin Herbert you know, had his rib injury. And then the Tua situation shortly thereafter was even worse so the the commanders won 12 to 7 i'm not going to talk about that game it was bad i'm going ahead and make some real picks of the week first game that i picked or second game i should say the san francisco 49ers are playing the atlanta falcons the 49ers have the best defense right now the Atlanta Falcons, they've been in some games and they've competed, which has been a shocker to me. I took the San Francisco 49ers to win this game 31-13 to over the Atlanta Falcons. Next game, like I said, this team has surprised me. Last week they had, they showed out. Their offense took flight. 
the team I'm referring to? The New York Jets. The New York Jets today are playing the Green Bay Packers. I like the Jets in this game. I just hope that they don't have a letdown against Aaron Rodgers. You, of course, know the Packers are coming home from a disappointing loss to the New York Giants in London last week. I'm taking the Jets to beat the Green Bay Packers 30-21 to and put in themselves in prime position to make a push at the trade deadline and hopefully keep their season afloat in the AFC East. 30-21 to 21 over the Packers is the score that I picked, that I wrote out. Next game, the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Miami Dolphins. It's a 12 o'clock game for the, the Vikings to play, which is 1 o'clock Eastern time. I, I believe the Vikings will win this game. Tua's been cleared, but he's inactive for the game today. The Miami defense holds up for as long as they can, but I believe it's going to be too much Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. This Minnesota defense is pretty good. I've got the Vikings winning 31-23 to and head back home for their next game against their next opponent. Miami, they've been through some things the last, seemed like the last three weeks. The Hotua concussion situation. And then Teddy Bridgewater had a concussion last week. They got blown out by the by the Jets. Miami kind of needs a win in the worst way, but I like the Vikings in this game to win. 31-23. to Moving on to my next game. It's a homecoming game for Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Lyle Collins, as they lead the Cincinnati Bengals into the Mercedes-Benz Superdome to take on the Saints. On the opposite side, they have Tyron Matthew and uh, Jarvis Landry play for the Saints, who too played for the LSU Tigers. So this is a lot of game with emotions for uh, Joe Burrow. It's a homecoming and a stadium that he's very familiar with. That's where they won the national championship in 2020. And then Joe Burrow won the Heisman that year. I believe that the Bengals are due for a win. And today will be the day that they get that win against Cincinnati. 34-20 to 20 over the Saints. My upset of the week. I went back and forth with this game. In all honesty. I really did. I looked at this game. And I kept saying to myself. Do I want to pick this as an upset of the week? Or do I want to go with. A game. That's going to. Could be an upset. So. With that being said. It's the. New York Giants. Hosting. The Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be a game in which Lamar Jackson is probably going to, it's going to be one of the worst games of his careers today. I cannot make this up. The Giants defense is pretty good. And Wink, uh, the, the Ravens defensive coordinator is now 
the Giants defensive coordinator, uh, Wink Martindale. Wink knows this Ravens offense real well. I do believe that Lamar Jackson will be neutralized. And in the end, that's going to be all the offense they have. Unless Mark Andrews has a pretty good game. Lamar will keep it close. But in the end, I like the Giants. Their their record, they're playing a lot better than what their record has shown. Daniel Jones hasn't been, you know, a world beater by any chance. Saquon's had some good some good moments and last week was a moral victory for them to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in London. Brian Dable, these these guys have really bought into Brian Dable. And Daniel Jones looks okay, but it's just they don't have the receiving core has been the biggest glaring on offense. There's been some rumors that Kadarius uh, Tony is on is going to be traded possibly. A first-round pick from last year. Um, Kenny Galladay, I mean, is he going to be a Giant much longer? But I believe that the Giants' defense will give Babar fits today. With that being said, I am taking the New York Giants to win this game. 23-21 over Baltimore. Moving on to... Another game that is kind of a kind of a safe pick at the moment because I did fairly well last week in my picks. I went with the games that I felt were going to be entertaining and whatnot. Tampa Bay is playing Pittsburgh. The Buccaneers got a win last week over Atlanta in the controversial roughing the passer call, in which the Falcons probably would have you know forced overtime. To beat the Buccaneers. This is a, a very good time. For the Buccaneers to get right. Against a. A wounded. Pittsburgh Steelers team. On the road in Heinz Field. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the Buccaneers defense is going to get after Kenny Pickett. I think they will. If they don't create some turnovers and, and points off of that, I wouldn't say I would be shocked nor surprised, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are falling slowly but surely by the wayside. I do believe that the Buccaneers will win this game convincingly. Tom Brady gets back to dishing out the football. I believe with the receivers coming back, they're starting to get healthy. And Leonard Fournette running the football against this Pittsburgh defense. Give me Tampa Bay 30 to 10 over Pittsburgh as the Steelers continue to try to stay afloat before the season gets away from them. Moving on to another game that I looked at as a possible upset of the week. Two teams 
in the NFC West. One team has been fairly good, has stayed in some games, and been competitive. The other team, on the other hand, really, I mean, you got a coach that really doesn't know what he's doing, and you have a legendary coach who's kept this team afloat despite, you know, the record being what it is. Today, we have a classic NFC West showdown between the Seattle Seahawks hosting the Arizona Cardinals. I like Seattle. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks in this game. Geno Smith, for whatever reason, has played fairly well. Last week against the, uh, the Saints, they nearly came back and won. They were right there with New Orleans. DK Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett. I mean, the, the, the Seahawks have been fairly competitive. I, I'm, I'm actually surprised that they have been. On the other hand, this is a game that they can win. Because I don't believe Kyler Murray is capable of getting a, a strong division win on the road in a very hostile environment. I believe that DeAndre Hopkins comes back next week, if I'm not mistaken. But Arizona really doesn't have much of an offense. They've got a decent defense, but I I like the Seahawks in this game. I really do. I feel like they're the better team offensively, and they're okay on defense. I'm taking the Seahawks to win 34 to 21 over the Arizona Cardinals. The game of the day. Game of the day, ladies and gentlemen. I'm real excited about this game. I really am. I'm real excited because it's a rematch of the AFC Divisional Championship game last year between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. A game for the ages. It seemed like I wanted that game to keep going. We all know how it ended last year. Buffalo ran out of time. Josh Allen played his butt off. But the defense failed him. This game, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be must-see television. 325 Central Time on CBS, the primetime game. Jim Nance, Tony Romo. Tracy Wolfson on the call. Chiefs Kingdom. Bills Mafia. If you want to see a tailgate, ladies and gentlemen, Chiefs Kingdom, they get out there the night before and camp out on the parking lot. I seen a picture on social media this morning en route to the to the stadium. Chiefs Kingdom and Bills Mafia was already out there at 6.30 this morning. 6.30 on a Sunday morning, already out there. Cars lined up to get to the stadium. These are some diehard fans, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't believe I've seen anything like Chiefs fans and Bills fans that really go hard for their teams in this tailgating, man. I mean, it's like, good night. I, I haven't seen anything like it. In all honesty, I know Cowboys fans, we tailgate like, like a like a mug but man this 
If you've ever had a chance to experience a tailgate with your team, I recommend it. That is something I want to do on my bucket list. To go down to AT&T Stadium and tailgate and meet all the Cowboys fans. But when I see Bills Mafia and Chiefs Kingdom on their social media platforms tailgating, man, the energy is real there, y'all. And I'm sure this game is going to live up to the hype. Mahomes, Kelsey, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. The Bills circled this game when the schedule came out. I thought it was going to be in Buffalo, but it's in Kansas City today. I I had an epiphany about this game the other night. And I went back and watched the playoff uh, divisional round game from last year. Buffalo, to me, went toe-to-toe. They went... Josh Allen went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. Neither defense could get a stop. But in the end, the best quarterback with the best team had the ball in his hands in the final seconds. 13 seconds, as a matter of fact. Buffalo just ran out of time. I don't think you could have asked for a perfect ending for that game whatsoever. This game will have that similar effect. It's going to be high scoring. Both defenses are going to be worn down at the end. Mahomes is going to do his thing. Can the Buffalo Bills stop Travis Kelsey? That's the biggest question going into this game. Can the Kansas City Chiefs try to slow down Josh Mahomes to keep him from getting outside the pocket and extending plays with his legs? Will Sean McDermott put together a masterful game, coaching game, scheme against Andy Reid, outsmart Andy Reid. Andy Reid, one of the best offensive-minded coaches we've seen in the last 20 years. This game, ladies and gentlemen, goes down to the wire. It goes down to the wire with fireworks. And I do believe fireworks will be sounding off with this pick that I'm going to make. I am taking the Kansas City Chiefs to win in a close game similar to last year. Fourth quarter, three minutes left to go. Mahomes leading the charge, doing all they can to milk this clock. Buffalo getting the ball back for a game-winning drive, but they fall short. I am taking the Kansas City Chiefs to win 38-34 38-34 to 34 over the Buffalo Bills and what's going to be the game of the day outside of tonight's game, which I'm going to pick here shortly. We could be seeing an AFC Championship preview between these two teams. These two teams know each other very well. They met in the AFC Championship game in 2020. They met last year in the divisional round and then they meet today in the regular season. Whoever wins this game, I feel is going to be the host of the AFC Championship game. That that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking right now. Whoever wins this game will host the AFC Championship game come January, and I believe that to be the Chiefs. As much as I love Josh Allen and what he's done, Stephon Diggs, one of the top three receivers in football, but 
the Kansas City Chiefs, ladies and gentlemen, they fall behind, they can get themselves back into the game without a problem. And if I'm Buffalo, you have to keep your foot on the pedal. This game goes back and forth, but in the end, the Buffalo Bills have no answer for Patrick Mahomes in this high-potent Kansas City Chiefs offense led by the great Patrick Mahomes and the offensive mind and Andy Reid. This game, y'all, I'm, I am most definitely ready for. Out of all the games outside of my Cowboys game tonight, I am looking forward to this. This is must-see television. This game will be a classic. This game will be aired likely on NFL Network later in the week. This is what we live for. Uh, a mid, an early season showdown between two perennial AFC teams. CBS, Tony Romo on the call, Jim Nance. I love this game. This is the game that I'm looking forward to. I cannot wait for it to begin here after a while. I am excited about it. Chiefs, 38, Buffalo, 34. Moving on to a very, very gaslit game tonight between my beloved Dallas Cowboys traveling to the hated NFC East division rival, Philadelphia Eagles. I am going to give you some cold, hard facts and truths about the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles Nation, just cover your ears for most of this. Cowboys fans, thank me. Because some of the stuff you probably knew and some of you didn't. For starters, this is the same Eagles fan base that booed Donovan McNabb the night that he was drafted over Ricky Williams in 1998 because he won the Heisman that year. They booed Donovan McNabb. This is also the same fan base who threw snowballs at Santa Claus some years ago because they were losing. So they took it out on Santa Claus in a December showdown. I don't know who they were playing, but they were throwing snowballs out of the stands at Santa Claus. This is also, this this is a new one. This, this is a new one. And I remember it very well because it went viral. I'm going to give you a discretion for this next comment. So if you, I hope that you're not eating anything or drinking anything well, for what I'm about to say. I cannot make this up. This is, this to me is probably one of the most vile things that I've seen and that I've heard. The Philadelphia Eagles, their fan base, ladies and gentlemen, discretion is advised for what I'm about to say. The night that they won the Super Bowl back in 2017, in the middle of the street, one of their fans had the nerve to eat horse manure off the street. I cannot make this up. The video is on YouTube. The images were all over social media. They wanted this particular fan 
I don't know if it was a, a dare or a bet of some sort. But he had on a Randall Cunningham jersey. The great Randall Cunningham. Uh, one of them ugly lime green colorway jerseys. But the, they're old retro jerseys. He was eating horse manure. And smiling. At the same time. Ladies and gentlemen. The Eagles fan base. Y'all nasty. That's just gross. Who does that? That's disgusting. That is like, ugh. That, ugh. When I, when I seen it that particular night, I was like, that's just, that's that's the lowest of lows. That's that's gross, y'all. I knew there was something about Philly fans I really didn't like, and that did it for me. Also, back in the day, Cowboys players, wives, and girlfriends were not allowed to travel to Philadelphia whenever the uh, Cowboys played on the road. Wives and girlfriends were not allowed to the simple fact that Eagles fans are ruthless, they're classless, and very disrespectful. They eat, sleep, live Eagles football. So, when this game rolls around, I've heard some former Cowboys players in the past said, yeah, the, the wives and girlfriends could go anywhere Throughout the season, any stadium except Philadelphia. That was the one stadium that was off limits. I know why it was off limits. Because of those fans. So, this game has been gaslit all week long by the Eagles fan base. They're on cloud nine right now. Rightfully so. As I said... Weeks ago on my show, once they start believing their own hype, they're going to fall flat on their face. And I can't wait. Eagles fans, y'all make me sick. You smeared our Cowboys community with slander and pettiness all week. You've went after our content creators who do a phenomenal job who study film, watch film, and you got the nerve to say it ain't that deep. Is that all, y'all got? Is that all the time? Y'all is that all y'all do is watch film of of Eagles games? If you're a true fan and you love it, you watch it and you study it. And for you to and for former Eagles players to still say, you know, the Cowboys are a global fan base. They're not a local fan base. Like the Eagles fans are. I don't care. I don't care nothing about Philly fans. I can't stand them. I hate them. This is the one. These are the two games out of the year. That I get juiced up for. The competitor in in me. The cage is rattled. Because. The sight of. Eagles fans. Make me sick. It triggers my anxiety. And it's kind of triggered right now talking about the Eagles because I'm a Cowboys fan. We've had some phenomenal game-winning moments against the Eagles. As a Cowboys fan, I have no love for the Eagles. None. Zero. Nada. I've heard all week about Jalen Hurts. I've heard all week 
about A.J. Brown. And I've seen the shenanigans that they pull with the Batman cape after they score a touchdown. Eagles fans, I didn't know that five weeks into the regular season, y'all already talking Super Bowl. Really? You think this is a Super Bowl? One Eagles fan had a nerve to say that beating the Cowboys will be up there with their Super Bowl win over the Patriots. How's that? Beating us? This is a Super Bowl for y'all? Bet. Checkmate. You can you can have your one Super Bowl, but just remember, Cowboys, we got five. Y'all act like one Super Bowl made y'all a dynasty. It didn't. You realize how hard it is to get back to the Super Bowl? It's difficult. With that being said, I believe that the Eagles are not res- is not going to respect Cooper Rush. I believe he's going to have a big game tonight. The run game with Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. Please, Michael Gallup, make some phenomenal catches. CeeDee Lamb, please, please hold on to the ball tonight. Please. We need you, CD. We're going to need you tonight. We're going to need you to step up tonight. Raise your level of play. Offensive line, please hold up. Mike McCarthy, do what you got to do. This defense, I have more faith in my defense. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs, and the unsung hero that's not getting enough credit right now, Doris Armstrong. This is going to be a defensive masterclass tonight by Dan Quinn. This is going to be one game. Jalen Hurts feels the hurt from the Cowboys defensive front. We take away the run. We keep him in the keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket. Let Trayvon get position to make plays. Let Micah get to Jalen Hurts. I think we win this game. Because the Philadelphia Eagles fans are probably going to be chanting, we want Dallas as soon as they enter the stadium, or if they're not already saying it now. They're wearing all black jerseys tonight, Philadelphia is, for their own funeral. That doesn't make much of a difference, but you want to wear all black, we'll, we'll bury you tonight if that's, what, if that's what you want. The Dallas media was working Demarcus Lawrence's nerves this week, asking about, you know, about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and met the message was plain and clear. They haven't played us yet. We gonna be ready. The tank is ready. This defense is ready. I love the fact that the Cowboys players have been quiet all week. I love it. You know why? Because my grandfather once told me as a as a young as in my earlier years, he said, son, the loudest person in the room is usually scared. He lets everybody know he's there. Ranting and raving. Trying to, you know, rattle everybody's cages. But the one who's off in the corner being quiet and observing, you know, the campus and surveying everything is the one you should be scared, that you should be afraid of. The Eagles, ladies and gentlemen, are the loudest ones in the room while the Cowboys have been chilling, observing everything. I'm ready for this game. 
Sunday Night Football. Chris Collinsworth. Mike Tirico. You're going to have head coach Jason Garrett's probably going to be at the studio with uh, Rodney Harrison and Hall of Famer head coach Tony Dungy. Eagles fans, you're in for a rude awakening tonight. And I can't wait. Cowboys Nation, let's go get this W tonight. Let's go get this dub. Remind the Eagles fans that they're that they are nowhere near us. They're obsessed with us. That it's it's, it's freaky. They have a low key obsession for us. All the NFL analysts picked against us except for one. Just so you know, we're keeping receipts. This is the last tough get toughest game of this six game stretch before. We head into the bye week after we play the Lions and the Bears in back-to-back home games. We need this win tonight. We really do. With that being said, the Dallas Cowboys will have... I have a strange feeling tonight for this game. I really do. Now that I think about it, I have a strange feeling. Has Jalen Hurts been blissed at all, this, all, at all so far this season? I think that there's going to be a masterful wild card that Dan Quinn's going to pull tonight in order to get more pressure on Jalen Hurts. I think we're going to see some blitz packages tonight. I really do. It's going to be disguised. Micah Parsons will be the spy, and then the blitz is going to come off the edge or through the middle. If we can do that, Cowboys Nation, I believe we win this game tonight. The defense is going to be the story as it's been all year. Cooper Rush is going to play fairly well. Please don't turn the ball over, Cooper Rush. I need my receivers to catch the ball, and I need my offensive line to be smart tonight. With that being said, give me the Dallas Cowboys, my beloved Dallas Cowboys, to win this game in Philadelphia and to go up 3-0 in the division and 5-1 overall. 28 to 13 over Philadelphia. Tonight's going to be one of those nights. The Eagles are not going to fly. They're going to be grounded. They're going to be stampeded. I can't wait. Hopefully I can come back on my show next weekend and lead off the show with a Cowboys victory. I don't know how I'm going to be able to be able to handle a loss. To the Eagles because we won't see them no more until Christmas Eve which is on a Saturday December 24th I hope that my Cowboys take care of business play with a nasty edge on, on them tonight know that they've been counted out all season long at the moment whenever Dak Prescott went down everybody buried us Nope. Cooper Rush has done a pretty good job. This defense has been the story of this streak. We've beat both Super Bowl participants from last year. But the Eagles don't want to give us credit for that because they say, well, you ain't played anybody noteworthy. We're better than you. We're going to find out tonight. Because anytime the Eagles gaslight themselves, they get embarrassed. And I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. Cowboys, 28, the Philadelphia Eagles, 13. Moving on 
to the Monday night game. This game is a AFC West showdown. Two teams who had a lot of high expectations with the moves that they made in the offseason. One team has been able to stay afloat. The other team, there's more questions than answers. Tomorrow night, we have the Los Angeles Chargers hosting division rival Denver. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say something that I never thought I would say at my on my show at the moment. Brandon Staley will outcoach Nathaniel Hackett. I cannot make this up. And when I looked at the schedule, I said, hmm, this could be interesting. Monday Night Football between the Chargers and the Broncos. The Broncos have had 10 days off since they played that abysmal Thursday night game against the Indianapolis Colts, in which they lost 12-9. Russell Wilson's dealing with injuries. This defense is the only thing that's keeping them afloat in these games. The offense has left little to imagination. Melvin Gordon can't huddle into the ball. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton are pretty good receivers. But they too are not showing up. The Los Angeles Chargers have stayed afloat. Despite Brandon Staley not being head over heels sometimes. Justin Herbert dealing with his rib injury still. They had a, a wake up call the week before last. And with Keenan Allen and Brandon Staley. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here, I'm here to tell you. I think Denver loses tomorrow night. And what could be a cause for concern the more with Nathaniel Hackett's job security. With that being said, give me the Los Angeles Chargers to beat the Denver Broncos tomorrow night. 30-21 to from SoFi Stadium. And still stay in second place in the AFC West. And keep, heel, keep trail with the Kansas City Chiefs. To the Thursday night game next week. Week 7. Between the Arizona Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints. From State Farm Stadium in, in Arizona. Not a game that's going to be real impressive. You got Kyler Murray on Thursday Night Football. You got the Saints. Both these teams be playing on a short week. Just to look at this game ahead of time. I like the New Orleans Saints in this game. I like the Saints going into their Thursday Night matchup with Arizona. I think the Saints defense is going to make Kyler Murray look real small. The Saints offense gets going a little bit because if Taysom Hill is your Swiss Army knife, I mean, he could play any position on, on the offensive side of the ball, quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver. I do believe the Saints win, and I'm picking them to win by a score of 29-19 to 19 over Arizona on Thursday Night Football next week on Amazon Prime. 
and hopefully we get a better showing. Please, we can only hope. One can only hope. With that being said, that is all the picks we have for today. I hope that you all are staying safe. I hope you all are well mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and intimately. Please, if you need help with your mental health, please seek treatments or go see your therapist. It's okay to not be okay and to ask for help. As a mental health patient myself, I am not a fan of the fall season because the simple fact that the the time it, the time changes and the, the the weather changes and with me working night shift with my employer, I sleep during the day. I leave for work. It's dark. I come home from work. It's dark. I'm inside all night and whatnot. So the weather and the time, you know, weighs on me because I'm I'm more of a summer weather guy. But but please, if you're if you're going through some things mentally and emotionally, take care of your mentals, ladies and gentlemen. Please don't don't fall into a funk and you know inflict harm on yourself. If you had to take sabbaticals from social media, I completely understand because I do that from time to time to keep from getting burned out. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, the weather has been mild here in my city. It's been mild, you know, a little chilly at night, but you know, during the day, it, it's mild. You know, you know, we got a little bit of sunshine and whatnot, but please make sure that, you know, you're okay. Check on your loved ones your families, uh, your close friends, and, you know, just just reach out to people, you know, stay in contact as much as you can, but I completely and fully understand if you take sabbaticals from social media because it can be emotionally and mentally draining with everything that's going on with all the clickbait and everything, and and I know that the, the holidays are rolling around. We got Halloween coming up, you know, in a few weeks, and I like the movies and whatnot, but I, I don't really care for, you know, the holiday itself. But I'll have something special for y'all, you know, when we get closer to the Halloween. I got something special that I want to uh, share with y'all as well for on Halloween. And, you know, Thanksgiving is right around the corner, too. And, you know, just a lot going on in the world. But we know we got the NBA starting Tuesday night. NBA is back. And I know a lot of my podcast brothers are gearing up for their NBA previews. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of that content. And the Lakers and Warriors kick off Tuesday night. The Warriors get their banners and get their banner and their rings. And, you know, seeing Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins get their contract extensions. And it's kind of like the elephant in the room right now. What what happens with Draymond Green? You know, do they... Try to extend him, or do they trade him next offseason? Like I said, uh, the la- week before last, this is the big season for the Warriors, and it's also a bigger offseason. But the two players that were expected to get their bags already got them, and Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. So where does that leave Draymond Green in this situation? That's the question that will be answered during the season or next offseason. But other than that, my beloved adopted Lakers what are we gonna do I mean LeBron in year 20 
he can only do so much. But Anthony Davis has got to stay healthy. Always down, always in street clothes because he, he hasn't been healthy since his first season in L.A. And the biggest, most obvious elephant in the room is Russell Westbrook. I don't know what we're going to do with Russ. In all honesty, I really don't because what's what? who wants him? That That's the thing. Nobody wants Russ. They don't want $47 million for one year because they can buy him out. I don't know, Laker Nation. I, I really don't. It's just... We don't know. I, I'm just going to leave it at that because I know that there's some diehard Laker fans out there that are sick of Russ. I I don't know. I, I You can trade him, but who wants him? That That's the thing because that's $47 million for one year. Nevertheless, this is the big part of the football season I like. Before I go, big shout out to Vols, Vols Nation who upset Alabama last night on a walk-off field goal. The biggest win in program history. They took a goalpost <laughs> and tossed it into the Tennessee River outside the stadium. <laughs> that was an image I won't forget. As a football fan, I'm happy for Tennessee. That was a big win. I hope they was able to... Stay safe last night and not find themselves in trouble with the ball with all that happened last night with the fans storming the field. And it was a beautiful scene. And big shout out to, you know, Vols Nation. That was a big win, well deserved. And I hope y'all can beat Georgia. When you play Georgia, you got to play 60 minutes of football. You cannot leave breathing room for them to come back. But other than that, Big win. Congratulations, Tennessee Volunteers. Go Big Orange. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the chaos we have for tonight. I am going to enjoy the rest of my Sunday afternoon. And with that, this is all. Please stay safe. Enjoy some football. Enjoy the mild fall weather. I am out of here until next week. Y'all be easy. God bless. Peace out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.